Hi, welcome to the Women Behaving Boldly podcast, the podcast that features women who share their stories about personal and professional growth and transformations to uplift, encourage, and inspire all of us to live our most beautiful, fulfilling, and elevated lives. I'm your host, Elena Marie, and I'm glad you're here. I am happy to share some exciting news. I'll be doing a free online workshop at the end of this month called Elevate Your Life. This is the workshop to get inspired and motivated to get out of feeling trapped or feeling bored or stuck. This is the workshop about playing bigger, living more fully, and creating new beautiful experiences in your life. It's all about possibilities. So subscribe to this podcast and see www.womenbehavingboldly.com and enter your name and email address to stay updated. Today's episode is titled Your Self-Worth Mental Makeover. And we're super happy to welcome our special guest, Cecilia Manila, who is a therapist, coach, business owner, podcast host, golden doodle mom, and a research nerd who is on a mission to help people build more connection in their lives to themselves and others. She is the host of the podcast Mental Makeover Radio, where she answers listeners' questions about life, love, and relationships. And she shares knowledge from her 20 plus years of experience working with individuals and couples, helping them improve their love and connection. She has lots of great information to share in her fun, direct way, and I think you'll get something valuable from today's chat. So welcome, Cecilia. So welcome, Cecilia. Super excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm glad you took some time to break away from your exciting new podcast. Um, So can you tell us, let's just jump in. Tell us your story about how you got to do what you're doing now. Great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, My story, it's a long story, but it's a short story at the same time. Um, I've always been, um, I mean, I was a child that talked a lot and I would have been described as a bit of a loud mouth as a young person. And so it's no surprise that I'd ended up kind of veering into more social worky advocacy kind of work. And that's where I ended up um, at university, starting off with a social work degree, loving working with people and hearing people's stories and advocating and spending time with people in the hardest times of their life. And then that led me into a master's degree, which I focused more on clinical work. Um, So I've been a therapist for years and love working with women. I'm really passionate about working with women, women's issues and relationships and, and couples and helping people, you know, decide, you know, figure out how to live through trauma and how to transform that into something that might be more powerful for them and to really just elevate where they are in life and live to their fullest potential as much as possible, um, you know, by being a bit of a rebel against what maybe social standards want us to be. I love that. I love that so much. And I feel like we need more of that energy. You know, we need Mm -hmm. that kind of work. I agree. I think we're like, as women, especially, I think we're really bombarded 
by so many expectations that make zero sense. They're contradictory expectations. Um, and they, we get them since we're like really, really little. And these standards are the ones that cause a lot of like anxiety and depression and feeling really bad about ourselves or low self-worth or low self-esteem. And, and we're constantly comparing and we're constantly trying to be perfect and all these things just don't matter. So it's like, I'm on a mission to help people like create better connections with themselves, the relationships with themselves and how they see themselves. And as a consequence of that, you have better relationships with other people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. And it's hopeful. It's like, we don't have to stay stuck in that place and which we can certainly feel stuck for sure. And yeah, we've all been there. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And you you know what? This is the absolute perfect segue because I had um, some listeners ask, what can we do to improve our self-esteem and self-worth at any age or slash an older age? What do you consider I, to be older? Well, you know what? Actually, I wish I had clarified that. <laughs> because I feel as, I'm 45 and I feel like when I was like 20, I thought 45 was like really totally. old. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm at that age now where like I used to think I was old. I don't feel as old. Yeah, so yeah. Um, now I'm always like, what does older actually mean? Are we talking you know like what? 40s, 50s? Are we talking? <laughs> is it a 20 year old talking about being older at 30? Like, anyways, it's so funny. Yeah, well, I think, <laughs> most of my audience is 40 plus. Great. So let's, it's the best age. 40 plus is the best age. Let's be serious. Okay. So let's just go there. 40 (laughs) plus is the, I mean, I know, I think I have some younger listeners too, but, um, in general, like, yeah. So improving our self-esteem. I think what it's in, I mean, Improving self-esteem is so, it's, it's a very catchphrase thing, right? Like what is actual self-esteem? What does that actually mean? You know, it, it, and generally it means our self-concept, like how we see ourselves in relation to other people. And the thing is that we're, we're messy human beings and we are, we are, we're tribal. Like we haven't really evolved that much since like being cavemen, to be honest. Like we live a fancier life for sure, but really our makeup is very similar. So we have a very strong intrinsic need for connection and belonging. And self-esteem is derived from the connect from the connection and belonging. Like an example is like, I only know that I'm funny because other people laugh, Mm. right? Like I can declare myself to be super funny, but Mm -hmm. if nobody laughs at what I say, then, you know, (laughs) she's not funny, right? So everything we think about ourselves, Mm. our whole self-concept, our whole self-identity is co-created in relationship to other people. I only I, know I'm kind yeah. because someone tells me I'm kind, right? Because I can walk through the planet and be like, I'm such a generous person. But if I'm, if no one tells me and confirms that, am I generous? Probably not. And not in a sense of like being worried about other people's opinion. Yeah. It's more of like, I construct who I am in relation to you mm-hmm. and you construct yourself in relation to me. So self-esteem is our self-concept that is connected in how we show up with other people. We often think it's just this internal work. It is internal work, but it's also how am I showing up in my life? How am I living Mm -hmm. into my values? Am Am I living into the way that I actually really want to be? This version of myself that I want to be, am I actually living that? Or is there, am I living something different and that's creating some... Um, some tension or some conflict inside of me. 
Mm. You know, it's interesting. I never thought about it as being defined in relationship to others. So well, we don't live on, we're not, we're not, we don't live on islands, right? We, yeah, we're in yeah. constant, we're in constant relationship with people, whether it's intimate relationships or sibling relationships, or just like the grocery store checkout person who sees you every single week. Like that, is, we, we are relating to other humans all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And we only, like, I know myself in relation to other people And the thing, this is why loneliness and isolation is really problematic. Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely devastating to mental health, loneliness mm-hmm. and isolation. Mm-hmm. It causes yeah. major physical problems. So there's a lot of research that's come out recently in the last few years, especially with COVID around the impacts on physical health around loneliness and isolation, but also um, mental health. So like rates of suicide and how dramatically they've been increased, how many people are actually declaring themselves to be more lonely and isolated than they've ever been mm-hmm. in their entire lives is now. Like mm-hmm. we are a bit of an isolation loneliness crisis, I would say. Mm-hmm. And it's so no wonder that our self-esteem plummets because we're just alone and there's no one to reflect ourselves to. There's no one to be engaged with. It's hard yeah. to be a generous person. If generosity is a value of mine and I have no one to be generous to, that's not going to feel good. Mm-hmm. It's going to feel like my right. self-esteem is actually dropping because I can't live into my values. Mm-hmm. So self-esteem aligns with your values and mm-hmm. the relationships. Yes. Okay. Okay. So if someone's feeling low and saying just that, like, like, okay, I'm not, I'm feeling really low. I, I'm, I don't feel like I'm having self-worth. I'm trying to think of a scenario. Um, yeah. And maybe you can think of one, um, but their need is not being met. Let's, let's go with the one of being lonely. Yeah. And maybe, maybe not connecting with someone who has an interest. What would you suggest someone do so that they can start feeling better? simple in, in answer general, in general in general, <laughs> in general. case is different <laughs> it's so different the, yeah. the the thing to ask is like how what are my relationships like and so I, I'm a big fan of journaling so I'm all about writing things down because we've been documenting our life since the beginning of time mm-hmm. it's like intrinsic to us it's important to talk about like what relationships do I currently have and what is the quality of those relationships Mm. so it's not necessarily about quantity it's about quality so there's a lot of people who have lots of people in their lives mm-hmm. but there's no depth to those relationships and that feels really sure. lonely so Absolutely. you're surrounded by people but no one really knows you and sees you mm-hmm. and there's some people who have like one or two people in their life but the depth of that relationship is really deep mm-hmm. and so it's important to take a little bit of inventory first I think it's like what is actually going on in my life I like that yeah because I mean, the solution to loneliness is connection and connection doesn't always have to be close, intimate relationships. Like we, we get connected to our community, right? So Mm -hmm. what I, so prior to COVID, um, I, my, one of my most favorite things to do was to go to Starbucks, get a coffee, Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. fancy, something was probably too expensive, um, (laughs) for, you know, for coffee. And I would like wander around some stores. I go to my Mm fake, you know, you just go to Target or you're going to, um, 
any kind of the outlet stores and just wandering. I wouldn't buy anything. I just kind of wander around and you have random conversations with other people. Mostly it's like, I really like your sweater or mm-hmm, hey, mm-hmm. those pants look really great on you. Or I want those shoes that you just grabbed with random people. And you'd have like, we'd smile, we'd engage and, and you would fill your bucket up a little bit by being in the community. And that's community mm-hmm. connection. And I know a lot of people used to get their needs met that way, especially older people who are retired or maybe widows or widowers would get their social cup filled in this way. And then when COVID happened, that all stopped. Mm-hmm. So not only were we not out in public, but when we were out in public, we actually were wearing masks. We were, we were staying apart from each other. So we had, mm-hmm. prox- we didn't have the proximity anymore. So the place to start is to get back into it. Get back Mm -hmm. into these like small steps of being connected to your community. Like asking yourself, how often do I give eye contact in public? How often am I smiling to strangers or just saying, hello, how's your day going? Am Mm -hmm. I talking to the cashiers? Can I strike up conversation? Like, am I giving a, a random compliment to somebody that I'm out and about? If you're, you know, if you're at Target and you're, mm-hmm. are you giving a compliment to someone who's putting on a sweater or, or trying something on? These are like micro moments of connection that actually stack and they, they compound over time and they help build. And it makes it easier than to take bigger risks. But we often think, oh, I'm lonely, but I don't know how to make friends. And mm-hmm. then it stops. Because mm-hmm. it feels like such a big leap. And it kind of is. Like, it is a big leap to go from... I feel like I don't have any friends or the friends I have, you know, have left or have moved or their life Mm -hmm. is different or maybe they've died. Um, And it's really difficult to think about building an intimate relationship with a friendship again. Mm -hmm. But it starts with these little tiny steps of basically being seen in in public and make yourself seen by making these like little tiny connections. And that's really the place to really start. I like that. The micro move micro moments of connection, Mm -hmm. micro moments. So little, just tiny things. Okay. What about someone who's an introvert? Like this is going to be like super (laughs) scary. Like like I have to talk to the grocery store person. Like I have to talk to the UPS guy. Like, I mean, (laughs) what do I do? So in those cases, um, how does someone like sort of screw up some courage, like just to, to get even that micro moment to happen? I think that it is sitting in a place of not always, it's a risk for sure, but -hmm. it's grounding yourself in more curiosity than anything else. Ooh, that's good. So like the, you know, the four main pillars that I talk about connection error Mm -hmm. is curiosity, vulnerability, boundaries and and self-discovery comes as a consequence of that mm-hmm. so they're, they're kind of the four pillars of connection and I think what we forget we have forgotten curiosity now mm. there I have a million theories about why um you know social media <laughs> the internet like we just stop being curious right we we've yeah. we've become very rigid in our thinking we've become very rigid in our ways like oh this is the way I want and if you you don't fit in then you know basically f off yeah um and we stop being really curious and we forget that for most of human history we were genuinely very curious about other people mm-hmm. and so with introverts it's it's moving out of feeling like it's risky and sitting in place of like, I'm just curious. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about this person. Can I just be more openly curious about the world around me? 
If I see something that's interesting, can I make a comment about it just to be curious about it? Can I ask a question? Because I'm just curious about the world. Mm -hmm. And so it's moving into curiosity because that's where like discovery is and that's yeah. where the fun stuff is and and that's where we learn things and that's where we allow ourselves for someone else to learn something about us yeah and it, I was just going to say and you said it the fun stuff like that sounds super fun you know like learning something and I have to share I just had an experience with a friend I've known I don't know have 15 years mm -hmm. we were together last night talking about some things and we learned new things about each other that we mm -hmm. did not know and it was just like, oh my gosh, really? Like, I had no idea about that. And so it was, it's amazing how you can still, you can know someone a long time and you can always learn something new about them. 100%. There are people who've been, like, yeah. known who've been married for 35 years. Yeah. And they just stop being curious about each other. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I'm constantly evolving. You're constantly evolving. My interests change. Oh, I hope I'm different than I was 20 years ago. Um, so then our spouses, our partners and our friends, they're also evolving. And then we kind of sit in this place of just making assumptions that we know this person. So therefore we yeah. turn our curiosity off instead of really being grounded in how, what can I discover more about this person? Because mm -hmm. I'm evolving. So there's things about me that are different. So there has to be something about the other that's also different. Right. And so, and that is vulnerability. Like it is leaning mm -hmm. a little bit of vulnerability to say, ask a question that you've never asked before, or randomly share something about you and say, have you, what do you think about that? Mm -hmm. Your opinion about that? Like, that's a vulnerable thing to do, but we don't like, no one has ever died of vulnerability. Like it's never been the cause of death. There's never like a coroner on this planet <laughs> cause of death vulnerability, but yet we're like terrified of it. Of course. But it's yeah. never like, no one's going to die. Like you're not going to die by exposing a little mm -hmm. bit of yourself and being mm -hmm. curious about the vulnerability of other people. Yeah. And so, you know, we, ha it is uncomfortable and yes, it is a little bit of a risk, but I, you know, I, I, constantly saying to people I work with clients and people in my life, like, is anyone going to die? No. Okay. Yeah. Then yeah. do it. Like, that's a great yeah. measure. Like if you talk to a, you know, <laughs> a good make, <laughs> make an eye contact with someone at the grocery store and smile, is anyone going to die? No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, like chances are 99.99% that something good is going to happen. Someone's mm -hmm. most likely going to smile back. Mm -hmm. And that feels amazing. When someone smiles at you, it's amazing because it's like, you see me, I'm a person, you've given me eye contact. Like we're meant to smile to each other. Mm -hmm. This is like, this is our communication. Mm -hmm. It's so much nonverbal communication that is important. And so it is taking the risk, but if you don't risk anything, you don't gain anything. Yeah. Like no one's yeah, coming yeah. to knock on your door and say, Hey, would you like to be my friend? Right. <laughs> I mean, it would be great if, if we could, uh, but I wish. Yeah. You know, yeah. my dad used to always say, no one's going to come knocking on the door offering you a job. So you need to get out there and, and like That's go find right. a job. Right. So it's like, yeah, you have to, uh -huh. you have to take a risk. You know what? That's so good. And I, I love that quote. We will use that quote, Cecilia. <laughs> <Good. laughs> I'm glad. Um, you know, I, I have a question because the word vulnerability or the words vulnerability and boundaries are really mm -hmm. kind of buzzy topics right now. And I want to talk about um, sharing in a safe way because sometimes yes. like, okay, I think that there's a line like, don't yes. just be, 
I don't know. Like, I feel yes. like everybody doesn't deserve all of you is what I'm uh, thinking. I a hundred percent. So, ba- so ex- let's, let's hear, yeah, let's hear okay. from you. The expert. <laughs> uh, vulnerability is shared within the context of boundaries. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. where it's at. So to define certain words, so connection is kind of defined around this idea of sharing energy with someone mm-hmm. that you see me, mm-hmm. you hear me, I'm safe with you. So it's an, it's a mutual engaged reciprocal, um, um, activity or something that happens mm-hmm. in a relationship. So I, I kind of, I'm a visual thinker and I just mm-hmm. see it as like this kind of like energy that goes between, between people. And it's just constantly fed mm-hmm. vulnerability is, you know, this, if you just look at the actual definition, but it's a bit yeah. different when you look at the definition in the dictionary, it's more about being willing to expose pieces of yourself that maybe feel a little bit raw or mm-hmm. they've been untouched or you have never shared them before. So it's really difficult to share them because the words feel weird. Mm-hmm. So people often say that, like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to say. Well, that makes sense to me because it's a story you've never told before. So how could you be good at telling it? Yeah. They're words that you've never said before. So how, why would you be good at doing that? It's going to feel choppy. It's going to feel weird. And boundaries are, by definition, where I end and you begin. Mm-hmm. And what that means is, is that there's a, that you have to have a relationship to have boundaries. Like I'm not going up to a stranger in the grocery store and telling them my deep dark secrets, <laughs> right? Like that's, there's, yeah. there's the relationship isn't there. There's different yes. boundaries yes. there. The boundaries there are like, please don't stand so close to me. Don't touch me. Yeah. Um, but in relationships, it's important to understand that, you know, does this person actually respect my boundaries? So there has to be some, t- not testing as in like, you know, playing games, but it's more of, yeah. if I say yeah, the example I always use is I have a friend who really doesn't like swearing. Mm-hmm. I can swear like a trucker and, <laughs> and I can free flow, Same. swear <laughs> around people yeah. all the time. Yeah. But I have a friend who really doesn't appreciate mm-hmm. it based on the way that she grew up and she finds it offensive. And early on in our friendship, she said to me, you know, I can appreciate that this is how you express yourself. But when you do that, it actually like hurts me Mm. and it makes me feel like I don't want to be close to you. And so that's her boundary. And so she's telling me what she needs and what she wants and what she desires for us to have a closer relationship. And that's what a boundary is, is what do I need? What do I want? And what I desire to be closer to you. So identify what what it is, like when this happens, when Mm -hmm. you swear, it mm-hmm. leaves me feeling this way. It's, it's not a full finger pointing like you did this. It's not in a, in a place of anger. Boundaries are a place of love. Mm-hmm. They come from a place of wanting more closeness. And so informing the other person. And then if it's followed up with, you know, what I need from you to have a closer relationship is something. So mm-hmm. she said to me, you know, I, you know, could you moderate your swearing? As a receiver of the boundary, I have two options. I can yeah. say like, screw you. I mean, I am who I am, take me as I am, or basically like go away. Um, Or I sit in a place of like, do I value this relationship? Yes. And can I meet this need? Can I moderate my swearing? Absolutely. I could do that because Mm -hmm. this relationship is important to me. I was just going to say, because you value the relationship, right? You're willing to meet sort of like a halfway or the ask isn't so big. Like the, like it's, it's swearing isn't my core value. It's just how I express myself. So yes, I can moderate myself. So I moderate myself in Mm -hmm. that relationship and that brings us closer. Yeah. So 
of setting a boundary is an act of vulnerability. It's saying, Hey, this is a piece of me that maybe you don't know about yet. Right. And I want you to treasure this piece of me. Can you do that in this relationship? And my option is to say yes or no. Yeah. And in saying yes, it brings us closer and it allows me then in this friendship to be more vulnerable. Uh-huh. Because it's like, she's been vulnerable to share this of her. So then I get a then chance later on to say, Hey, you know, when this happens, when you're late, it really, like, I, I feel offended by it. Like somehow my time mm-hmm. isn't as important. I know that's not your intention, but that's how it feels to me. Yeah. Can, you, can you make an effort to be on time? Okay. That's a boundary that yeah. she has the option to say yes or no to. Mm-hmm. And so in this kind of it's like a ball that goes back and forth between boundaries and vulnerability. This relationship gets closer and closer and and there is more safety in that relationship. And as you build more safety, which can only happen with vulnerability and boundaries, Mm -hmm. there's more space to be more authentic, to be um, more true to who you are, to be more vulnerable and, and, and expose pieces of you that maybe you're unsure of. So I know that vulnerability and boundaries are always talked about very separately. Yeah. But in truth, they're actually, they're, they're like, they're like siblings. They're like twins. Mm-hmm. They, they're mm-hmm. separate. They're different, but they're the same in the sense they mm-hmm. need each other in order to function because the act of setting a boundary is vulnerable because you are exposing a piece of yourself. Oh yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yes. Hmm. Yes. And in that, so you had like these four pillars, sort of curiosity, vulnerability, boundaries, and self-discovery. <clears throat> Can you talk more about the self-discovery piece now? Yeah, it's hard to be connected when you don't know who you are. Hey, so, yeah, right, like yeah. it's it's really it's really hard to have genuine connection when you're not being who you are, when you're not being authentic. Mm-hmm. So I know for a lot of women especially let's say midlife, like 40 plus, Mm -hmm. it's like the first chunk of your adulthood has been most likely rooted in pursuing Mm -hmm. the same goal, you know, Mm -hmm. like maybe getting a career, a job, finding a partner, having kids, white picket fence, the whole thing, or like Mm -hmm. chasing the same dream. And then you get to your forties, 45s and you realize, well, this wasn't what wasn't what I, I got sold, uh, you know, a shitty bill of goods here. It's not really the, the most, you know, let's say exciting life in the planet. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little bit miserable Yeah, because I think women Mm -hmm. self-sacrifice, they, they sacrifice their wants, their needs, their dreams, their desires. They shut pieces of themselves off to raise children, maybe to care for parents. There's this constant expectation that women will make themselves small Mm-hmm. For other people in relationships, for their children, <laughs> that they will put their dreams aside for other people. They're constantly like adjusting to everybody else without really paying attention to themselves. So it's really difficult to have connection when you actually don't know who you are, what what you're passionate about, <laughs> what your values are, what your beliefs are, what what is like what drives you, what your dreams are. So the self-discovery piece is about shedding expectations, shedding perfectionism Mm -hmm. to really get to like, who am I? Who is this messy human that I am? And who do I want to be in my life? And that's a really important part of connection because if you're not showing up authentically, then your connections are superficial. They're based on what you Mm -hmm. think everybody wants from you or how you should be versus how you really are. Right. And those shoulds, my gosh, they can get so heavy. You know, the list that you were naming off. I mean, I don't know who hasn't experienced that 
as a woman, like all those things piled on at some point, you know, and we take on this baggage and crap load of stuff. And sometimes it's really hard to shake it loose. Because we're surrounded by it. It's, yeah. it's it's all around in our culture and our society. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere you look, all over social, all over the news, like whatever you're consuming, but it's also in all of our relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So, so let's talk about then self-discovery as, as sort of a, a new venture. So say you're at that I love age it. and you're like, you it's know, exciting. Yeah. Like, like what the hell? Like, I need to make some changes in my life. Like, this is not working Mm. for me. Or like, who am I now? Maybe there was a divorce or maybe the kids are gone or maybe the career changed or maybe health status changed, something. Whatever changed or maybe there's an internal, like something pulling you to say, okay, what do I believe? What do I feel? So where do we start there? Oh, it's so exciting. Mostly it's terrifying to most women. Yeah, And this is like where I get like mostly excited for women. Cause it's like, Oh, this is where the change actually really happens. Okay. Um, I think that the place to start, um, is to be open to possibilities. I think by the time we get into our forties, we can get really rigid around like, Oh, that's not for me. Or I don't do that. Mm-hmm. or, you know, we just kind of get really closed off. So part of that is just opening up opportunities. And what I encourage women to do is to just free, to start with a free flowing brainstorm of things they've, they've wanted to do, but never have done mm-hmm. things that they find really intriguing or interesting, but they think that, but they automatically go to a place of like, well, I can't do that. And just to not go with excuses and just go to a place of free, just like brain dumping, just like, just, just, keep, just put it out there. Just put it out there. All the yeah. crazy things. Yeah. It doesn't matter how crazy it is. Just put it out there. And that's a place okay. to start mm-hmm. because I think you might be most people, most women are shocked by what ends up on that list. If they're really honest and do it and full heartedly, right. They, they look mm-hmm. at it and go, Oh my gosh, did I just say that or write that? Mm-hmm. And it takes yeah. a little bit of time, like uh-huh. to get through the automatic thinking that happens like, well, I can't do that. Yeah. Or why yeah. would I do that? Mm-hmm. Or that's not possible or it's never mm-hmm. been possible before. So why would I do it now? Kind of idea. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's the free flowing writing is a place to start. And then when you've got this like amazing fat list, let's say <laughs> of all these things, you know, it's about picking the one that you're the most curious about. So it's moving yourself, like moving your own life into being curious about who you are and what you want and what you desire, what your dreams are, just being really curious about it Mm -hmm. versus being really judgmental. We have a really brutal inner critic. Totally. Yeah. You know, and I like to visualize my inner critic and my inner critic is like, super old she's like 85 and she smokes for some reason (laughs) and she has this like super raspy voice and she just like sits and smokes and judges me like you can't do that Mm -hmm. why are you doing that who do you think you are yeah um so we all have this inner critic and I think it's Mm -hmm. getting it's knowing who this inner critic is Mm -hmm. where she or he may come from and being able to just tell it to just going to screw off. I mean, do you mm-hmm. swear on this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to sell it to fuck right off. Yeah. <laughs> so 
which is usually what it's like. You have to be really strong. I think that some of the stuff out there on social media and all the hype thing is like being really mm-hmm. gentle to yourself and, and yes, be great with self-care. Yeah. When you are pushing back against very rooted negative thoughts, negative assumptions in that inner critic, you have to push back hard. Mm-hmm. You can't just be like, well, I'd rather think blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you have to tell it to fuck off. You have to push, <laughs> you have to push really, really hard because that inner critic is coming at you, let's say with like 10 out of 10 judgment and you're yeah. coming at it at one out of 10 kindness. Like, no, it's not going to yeah, work. You yeah. have to push really, really hard. And as you do this, it builds some of like inner resilience. You're like, oh, I can Uh do these things. I can push back a little bit. And then you pick something on your list that you're most curious Uh about. And then you do it. You make a commitment to do it. And now I know the objections are automatic. I know the objections. I can't do it. I, there's not Mm -hmm. possible. Blah, 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 blah. I don't have time. I don't have resources. I'm too old. I'm I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not something enough. Here's the thing. It's like, you have done so many hard things in your life already. And I I'm would into that. Yes, you and have. I would challenge women to write down all the hard shit they've done already. Yep. And women who have kids always tell them, like, listen, giving birth is way harder than going to a dance class. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> like you've given birth to a baby. People have seen your private parts. Everyone's on that bed. People got hands inside your body. Like your whole body has shifted for this human being to come out of it. Like you're in pain for sometimes days. You know, your whole body has changed. You're a different person. Like that is way harder than walking into a dance class. Like yep. what? So it's really about challenging this notion of like, oh, that's just too hard. I'm too scared. It's like, but you've done scary things before. Yeah. You've done hard things before. And you've done things that are way harder than going on a trip by yourself, let's say. Right. And so it's remembering that you've already done all these things. And if you make a list of all the hard shit you've done before, you'll realize that this thing that you want to do is actually doesn't really measure up to it. Mm-hmm. And especially women who've been divorced or women who have lost children or have experienced like grief and loss in their life. It's like, listen, this is really hard. Mm-hmm. The grief and loss and life changing overnight or a spouse who has had infidelity, that's hard shit. Mm-hmm. To, going on a vacation by yourself is not hard in comparison yeah. to what you've already done. Yeah. And so sometimes we forget how just simply amazing we are. Mm-hmm. And we need to re-remember that we're pretty amazing people. Mm-hmm. You hear that, everybody? You are freaking amazing. Yes, you are. And you, <laughs> and it's that. there. The resource there. is there. And it's just yes. so building confidence and self-esteem and self-discovery and connection is remembering that the tools that you're looking for are already there. I know that the world social media is trying to convince you that it's not there that you have to buy the thing you have to buy the course you have to do the thing but the truth is it's already there mm-hmm. it's about re-remembering what's actually in there those resources are there and if you've had dreams that when you were 20 and you put them to side those dreams are mm-hmm. still there mm-hmm. the 20 year old is still there yep yep and i think there's also this notion cecilia that if we're not perfect at it out the gate then why bother? Or like if we take the first dance class and our funky moves are, are a little they too suck. funky or yep. they suck, <laughs> then maybe we shouldn't do it. But why not allow ourselves some grace and 
some compassion. I think that's where the nice part could come in yes. and say, okay, sis, you can get out there and do the thing. It doesn't perfection, have to be perfect. Perfection is a lie. Like perfection yeah. is a, is an illusion. It's, you know, it's um, not attainable and it's not even possible. Like mm-hmm. perfection, and most people don't know this, but the term perfection actually comes out of mathematics. And because the, it, they were talking about the, the perfect circle. Okay. So the mm-hmm. perfect square. So it came out of mathematics. It, it's from engineering. It's from mathematics. It is never meant to apply to humans. And even in mathematics, wow. they will tell you, you talk to an engineer, you talk to a mathematician and they will say, you know, the formula will lead you to perfection, but there's actually no such thing as a perfect circle. There's no such thing as a perfect square. Every engineer will tell you that every single building on paper looks perfect, but in reality, it's never perfect. Mm -hmm. So, and then we apply this to humanity. We apply this to somehow being in the world and it actually doesn't make any sense. And I strongly tell people, it's like the idea of perfection, Mm -hmm. the, and who benefits from it? I always ask women, who benefits from this, like you chasing perfection? It's not you. Yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't benefit me. Who does it, who does it benefit? It benefits capitalism because what would we do when we feel like shit we buy things mm-hmm. if i if i'm not if i don't have the perfect skin i'm buying all the creams under the planet and the, mm-hmm. the, the makeup industry is a multi-billion trillion dollar industry for yeah. a reason yeah so if i don't have the perfect hair then i'm spending a shit ton of money on hair products and then diet industry clothing industry you know everything is about if i don't feel good about who i am there's a thing out there that'll make me feel a little bit more perfect so mm-hmm. you don't benefit, I don't benefit from it, but huge corporations benefit from it. And it's part of their marketing scheme. And it's been done since like the early 1900s. But prior to that, like, if you like, you look at social history, mm-hmm. perfection was really never part of, it was never really part of our makeup. It was never part of our culture. That's interesting. It's only really been in the last like a hundred and 120 years that they kind of cracked the code around. Oh, if I can make you feel like garbage, you're going to buy my thing. That's great. Let's do more of that. So now we have these standards that are constantly changing. And the trick of perfection is that the bar is always, always moving. So you can totally always changing. Yes. You're like head to the ground. Okay. Here's my Mm -hmm. measure of perfection. I'm moving Mm -hmm. really hard. And you're like, I get there. You're like, Oh, okay. I'm finally here. Finally, everything's perfect. I got my celebration. And you look up and you realize, Oh, the, the standards actually changed. Yeah. Now I have to keep on working and keep on working and perfection is the number one enemy of connection. And I is really a hundred percent, I'm like on a mission to like share this information. Perfection is a number one enemy of connection because when you are so concerned about being perfect, you're not curious. Mm-hmm. You're not vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You're not really sharing any boundaries because you're just trying to adapt to what everybody else wants you to be, to be perfect. And right. there sure is a, like no self-discovery because you're not living to your own standards of how you want to be. You're living up to somebody else's standards of what it means to be a woman in the world. Someone and else's so, standards. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard to be in relationship with people who are pursuing perfection. I'm not sure about you or anyone else is listening, but if you think about it and you think about the one, one person in your life that is trying to be perfect, mm-hmm. you're going to know that you're not close to that person. It's hard to have intimacy with that person. Mm-hmm. They're constantly talking about themselves in a really kind of sideways way sometimes. And with women, especially, they're always talking about diets. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm on this new diet. Or like your super thin friend is always talking about how fat she is. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And you're just like that. It's hard to be close to someone like that because you're like, you're just so wrapped up in being perfect. I can't, I can't be vulnerable with you. I can't mm-hmm. show you my messy parts. I can't share my fears with you because, because there's no, you're not sharing anything with me. You're too wrapped up in an image of something, whether it's being yeah. the perfect mom or being the perfect spouse or the perfect woman on the planet that we can't actually connect. And I hear this so much when I work with couples mm-hmm. That when women are really rooted in perfection, their male partners have a really hard time connecting with them Mm -hmm. because they're like, you spend so much time and energy on this, whatever you're trying to pursue. And they just want someone to like have physical intimacy with or Mm -hmm. go on a date with or not be so it's hard to connect with that. Mm -hmm. So, and when you're with someone who's really rooted in perfection, you think they're holding that standard for you. And then it's like, then yeah. I don't want that standard. So now I feel like you're judging me without without really telling me you're oh, judging me. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Uh-huh. So perfection it's, ruins connection. Yeah. And so it's it's someone who's totally hook, line, and sinker into all the things that are other people's values or society, right. quote unquote, values and trying to live up to that impossible expectation um, and not being able to sort of crack that shell to get to intimacy. So what, what does someone do if they're in that spiral? Like they're, they're like, yep, you know what? Crap. Yeah. I've been aiming for perfection. I'm, I have perfectionistic Mm -hmm. tendencies. Like, so what's something they can do to start um, getting to a place of, more authenticity i think you do things messy do things which is messy. going back to which that. is going yeah. back to that list mm-hmm. it's like yep you know if i've never taken if i've never danced i don't know hip-hop let's say before yeah. why would i be so egocentric to think that i'm gonna be good at it <laughs> because that's kind of yeah. what happens with perfection it says well you should know how to do this right off the bat, yeah, even though you've yeah. never done. So you're a superhuman somehow, but we yeah. would never expect that of our friends or our kids or totally. our sister or brother. We never would say, well, if you're not perfect, don't do it. But yet that's the standard we'd hold to ourselves. But the thing is that we forget that we learn through messiness. It's like if it, when we're, there, we're around babies who's crawling and the baby tries to walk and they fall because mm-hmm. this is what happens. They always fall. We know this to be true. We yeah. never say, well, you're not perfect at it. Don't stop trying. That's right. You, 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 you messed that one up. Clearly you yeah. can't walk. So you're a loser. Yeah. Um, we don't, we don't ever say that. We, <laughs> Thank God. Right. Right. We're right. like, come ex- on, baby. Come to me. You can do you it. Got this. You got right. This. Riding yeah. a bike, trying, trying something new. When we yeah. put kids into sports, we're like, you can do it. We just get, you know, you got to learn the rules as you're going to do it messy. Yeah. And then somewhere along the line, we somehow think that adulthood means that we're done with the messy learning. Right. I don't know where it comes from or what happens. That's true. Yeah. But it's like somewhere along the line, we're like, oh, I should, I really should know being an adult. I should have a handbook on what it means to be an adult, which I don't know where it is. If there's a handbook, I have no idea. (laughs) But then it's like, somehow it's embarrassing to try something new. Or if I can't do it perfect, I don't want to do it. It's so life limiting. It's joy limiting. People who are rooted in perfection are not happy. The happiest people I know Mm-hmm. are people who have no problem with doing things messy they're the ones that are willing to try something new and make a fool of themselves and totally be okay with it they're the happiest people i know yeah. i've never met a person who's rooted in perfection who's extremely happy and joyful i'm not sure about yeah. you 
They pretend yeah, to you, be. You have me thinking about it for sure. And also I feel like try your best. Yeah. Try your best. And you can always change something or learn from it. I mean, you know, of course, if you're a brain surgeon, you want them to be perfect at right. what they do. But but what we're talking about in these instances, we're not talking about brain surgery. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, a really great way to start and is my challenge to a lot of women is to get the paint by numbers uh-huh. and do that. Because if you're painting by numbers, listen, I've done it my first time. It's it's not perfect. Uh-huh. And you're 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 the paint goes out of the lines and it's like managing your level of frustration of doing something new that is messy. The goal isn't perfection. It's just, it's to be, learn to be comfortable with like not doing it perfect. And then, and then building on that every single time doing something to say, I'm just going to allow myself to be a student. Mm -hmm. Whatever happened to just being a lifelong learner, a lifelong student and going back to being a student. So like be a student of dance, be a student of bowling i don't know be a student of traveling cooking on your own traveling, cooking right or I mean, knitting whatever. crochet whatever it is whatever yeah. it is just accept being a student being yeah. a student means you don't know i mean that is really mm-hmm. the definition is you're there to be taught by somebody who knows who's just a little bit ahead of you mm-hmm. love it you right you can't be a master yeah. of any skill but just by mm-hmm. arriving like you have to be willing to be a student and that's a bit humbling but I think that's important because that's where like the joy is and the fun is and the connection is. So if, if you're, you know, looking for friends, go do something, make something, mm-hmm. you can make connections that way. Yeah. I love that. Okay, Cecilia. So bring us home. This has been awesome. <laughs> Tell us um, what something women can do to behave boldly. Oh, that's a good mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. Um. This is what I, what I, they can do when you have a thought and you have mm-hmm. an idea or a peak of curiosity about something and the automatic thought is going to be, I can't do it. I want mm-hmm. you to challenge that thought and just say, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Okay. Whether it's speaking your mind, whether it's setting a boundary, whether it's going to a new place whether it's joining a class, Mm -hmm. whether it's telling someone you don't like what they're doing. I want you to just have an interview. Like, ah, fuck it. What's the worst that can happen? Like, (laughs) really? What is, ask yourself, what is the worst that can happen? No one's going to die. Okay. So maybe it's worth the risk. Yeah. To just see, like we have to get out of our heads and we have to do. So the problem I think with a lot of the self-help there is a lot of great books and a lot of things. And it's like, you can learn all the things and it's all in your head. But Mm -hmm. we need to experience it. We need the actual experience of it. So you have to step into it. Stop talking, trying to convince yourself so much and just take one step to do it. Like no one's going to die. It's going to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. And that next step will lead you somewhere. And you might be surprised at what you discover. You'll always be surprised by what you find out. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. So fuck it. Just do it, everybody. Just, just take a step and do it. What's, what's the worst that can happen? That's it. That's it. Mm. Well, Cecilia, this has been super fun and encouraging and inspiring. So tell our listeners how they can find you on your podcast and social. Yeah, you can find me on Mental Makeover Radio and 
I kind of riff on some topics. Mm -hmm. I take questions from listeners as well. So there's a form that you could submit and ask me a question and I do a whole episode on your question. Um, You can find me on social um, Instagram. I'm a mental makeover radio. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Cecilia Manella. And um, not very active on Facebook, but I'm also on Facebook, but mostly on Instagram and, and LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, we will put those links on the show notes so they can access you very easily. And thanks again. Thanks, Elena. This has been great. Super fun. Okay, that was so much fun. Cecilia makes me laugh. Okay, here are the bold points from this episode. Number one, to build your self-esteem, start asking yourself important questions. Like, how am I showing up in my life? How am I living into my values? Am I living into the way I really want to be? What are my relationships like? And what is the quality of my relationships? And number two, the solution to loneliness is in connection. Number three, ground yourself in curiosity. Number four, no one is going to knock on your door asking to be your friend. You've got to take a risk. Try micro moments of connection to get going. Number five, vulnerability and boundaries go together. Ask yourself, what do I need, want, and desire? Number six, knowing who you are and being authentic will help you connect more deeply with others. Get curious about your dreams, what you're passionate about, and what your beliefs are. Number seven, be open to possibilities and opportunities. Pick something that you're interested in, that you're most curious about, and commit to it. Number eight, acknowledge the hard stuff that you've already done. Number nine, sometimes we forget how simply amazing we are, and we need to re-remember that we are pretty amazing people. Number 10, perfection is the number one enemy of connection. We have to learn to be curious, vulnerable, and open to self-discovery and learning. Number 11, doing things messy is the way to start. Allow yourself to be a lifelong learner and a student of something. And number 12, when you have a thought, an idea, or something that piques your interest, just say, oh, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Okay, so you can find Cecilia on her podcast and social media platforms. The links are in the show notes. And to keep this party going, here's your playlist. Survivor by Destiny's Child, One Minute Man by Missy Elliott and Ludacris, the Time Is Now by Wu-Tang Clan. Everything Is Everything by Miss Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill? Lauren Hill. And Someday We'll All Be Free by Donny Hathaway. So thank you, thank you for tuning in today, you gorgeous human. If you enjoyed this podcast and gained a bit of wisdom or inspiration, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and let us know what you liked. And share this episode with someone special. It really helps to get the stories out there, and it is sincerely appreciated from the bottom of my heart. And if you really love it and want to be a sponsor for this woman-owned enterprise, please contact me through Instagram at Women Behaving Boldly or on the website womenbehavingboldly.com. Okay, be bold. Go out there and do something that makes your heart happy and do something nice for someone else. Legal. The legal disclaimer applies to all women behaving boldly media and content.